Hello, I'm Jerry Gilbert, and welcome to the Eyeballs podcast. This will be episode number seven. It's going to be taken from a recording made a couple of months back now, before the London 2012 Olympic Games happened. Myself, Matt and Lynn, the usual podcast team, are joined by Amy, who was a torchbearer in the Olympic Games torch relay. We're also joined by Warren, an Eyeballs listener, who was with us to speak about travel and mobility as a newly visually impaired person. That part of our discussion will make up the next episode of Eyeballs, number eight. But for this episode, we speak with Amy about the experience of running with the torch in the relay. She brought her torch with her, and we begin by passing it round just so we know what it looks like. Should we pass the torch around? Is that Certainly, would you like to idea? start with it? It's going to be up half the parcel. There you are, in front of you. Quite heavy. It is quite heavy. It's quite long. It's longer than I thought it was. Um, yeah, I'll try and describe it as I hold it. It's triangular in uh, cross-section, and I would say nearly two feet long. And it's a cone shape, so one end's fatter than the other and it tapers down. And the striking thing about this is that it is perforated, it's got lots of holes in it. 8,000 apparently. Yeah, one for every torchbearer, but I'm not sure yeah. which one is me. Alright, alright. You're going to count the ones at the top. Yeah, one of the bigger ones at yeah. the top. <laughs> um, does it have anything written on it? It's got yeah. a kind of symbol or just logo very, on it. Your fingers are, yeah, that's yeah. the London 2012 logo, which just says London and has the Olympic rings okay. engraved onto it. Yeah, and it is that logo stands proud from the torch so you can actually feel it. Uh, don't know about the writing, you can, you can sort of feel that it's there but it's not not big enough to sort of be able to distinguish each letter. And um, I'll pass this on to Warren in a moment and he can tell us what he thinks. Well that's bigger than I was expecting, yeah. Gosh. We're, good. We're having our own little relay around the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is the campsite torch. It's slightly lighter than I was expecting as well. No, no exercise so, involved. Yeah. It was heavier when it had the gas canister in it. Oh, yeah, and when imagine, that's in it, yeah. it's about a kilo. Yeah. yeah. What, what, do you do, is it do like you know what running it's like? with that? Kind of holding um, it out like... Well, holding up high and yeah. waving with my other hand at the same time, <laughs> I, I was a bit gutted because I had to change hands oh, yeah, um, yeah. towards the end because my right arm was beginning to ache quite a bit. So mm. I did have to change hands. I, yeah, I think your kind of adrenaline gets you going on that. Yeah. But, but it is quite heavy. I wouldn't like to sort of go too far with that. Yeah. It's not too far. Yeah. I did start thinking... I really wanted to run it all the way and I started um, thinking I'm not going to be able to do it I'm going to have to walk in a minute but then luckily I saw the next torchbearer ahead of me so I thought I'd just keep going till I get to him Yeah, <laughs> and that kept yeah. me running the whole way yes I'd imagine it'd be awkward to run with actually it's, yeah. it's quite large and when it's got a big flame coming yeah. out of the top as well <laughs> yeah yeah of course yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd probably burn my hair I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
Do, uh, do you know what it's made from? Actually? It's an aluminium alloy. Oh, okay, yeah. What colour actually is it? Is it gold? Gold. Yeah. yeah. Now, how far could you run with that in one hand, Matt? Held up high. Oh well, I mean, you know, it's it'll take a bit of doing. Yeah, it's basically what Jerry said. It's got a, an attachment near the top, which is obviously the logo, a bit of writing on it there for Olympics 2012. Covered in 8,000 holes, mm-hmm. as you said. Triangular. Imagine a Toblerone that's getting fatter. <laughs> <laughs> How did they attach the... Does it sort of just clamp in, I suppose? I think the bit at the top comes out somehow and the gas canister was inside. If you feel um, where your right hand is, yeah. um, further down, down the torch, you'll feel a, ho- a hole. A big, I'll feel many, 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 many holes. It's <laughs> there. Oh, right, yeah. And that is where they turn the gas on. Oh. So there's a hole and they put a kind of key in or something and turn yeah. the gas on and then I lit it from the flame. Yeah, yeah. Coming behind me. It's quite, uh, quite an impressive thing. It's and quite it's beautiful and it's also... You're talking about the holes in it, but there's actually two layers of holes, like a mesh. Yeah, so mm. there's, I don't know, there's four thousand on one layer and four thousand on the other. It's yeah. double, yeah. double thickness layered yeah. holes. Wow. Yeah. And does light kind of go through that and make pretty patterns, or is it just? Yes. Yeah. It's quite. Um, it's sort of malleable. It's nice. Nice to touch. Mm. Lynn. Okay. Oh wow. Oh, it reminds me of a fire guard that's been <laughs> folded <laughs> up. Now, I don't think the designers of this would really <laughs> thank for that description. But, uh. No, but my, my initial f- feeling it, I just thought, oh, it reminds me of a fire guard. <laughs> a child would tell me it looked like a cheese grater. Yeah, yeah. Toblerone-like fire guard. Cheese, cheese grater. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> 2012, <really>. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, with that description, it did feel like quite a nice-looking torch, actually. I think it's quite beautiful, mm. yeah, yeah. design-wise. Mm. I was going to ask you, Amy, how did you become a torchbearer? How did you get involved in this? Um, I got nominated because I've been quite ill over the last few years with eating disorders. A few years ago, I spent 16 months in hospital with anorexia, and I'm still struggling with eating disorders, but I'm a healthy weight now, so... It's really exciting for me that I can run <laughs> and I go to yeah. the gym now, whereas four, three, four years ago I couldn't even stand up. So it's great that I can run. So I really wanted to use that to raise awareness of the issue of eating disorders and offer other sufferers hope. Yeah. So that's why I was chosen to do it. Wow. Can I ask, yeah. um, did each of the people that, that was a torchbearer have, you know, some kind of sort of story to why? Yeah, pretty Pretty much. I mean, I, I was sponsored by Coca-Cola. There's three big sponsors, and Coca-Cola chose people who they call future flames. So I'm meant to be a Coca-Cola future flame, oh. which are meant to be <laughs> people of inspiration who are hopefully got ideas for doing things. I talked about wanting to run groups for people with eating disorders in the future, so people who've maybe been through something and want to use their experience mm. to help or inspire others in the future. Mm. So most of the torchbearers have got a story to tell, mm. one way or the other. Some of them mm. were ex-Olympic athletes I think in Cambridge on the bus with me there were three Olympians mm. Mm. Um, and of course some people were famous names who were chosen to do it presumably just because they were famous yeah, yeah. 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 I suppose you've got to have a sort of a sprinkling of celebrity yeah 
Mm. So I think now the torch is in London, it's just going to be Olympic athletes now carrying it. Mm. Is it? I think yeah. so. Apart from this evening, oh, yes. you know, <laughs> bizarrely, yeah. you're Billy doing Mitchell. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's going yeah. to be part of East End. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. It's a live wow. episode, isn't it? Yeah, a live, yes. a live episode of, of East End is Billy Mitchell. I don't even know who Billy Mitchell is, actually. But, but I'm sure Shame that, on you. Oh, yeah, t- <laughs> it must have been a guilty pleasure for me now. No, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not sure if it kind of ad- Billy Mitchell being a torch player adds to my kudos or kind of takes it away. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So presumably in the episode, you know, the flame gets up to all sorts of adventures and <laughs> someone steals it and then finds it. And yeah. I don't know about that. Is, is Billy Mitchell just going to be a torch bearer? Is he yeah, I think the storyline is that he's going to be cutting it fine to get there on time. He gets stuck on the London Underground or something. Pebbles and pears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back back to the uh, the torch relay, yeah. Can you tell us a bit what it was like on the on the day then? What, what was yeah, your sort of it was, day like? It was manic, really. We had to. I met the other torch bearers mm. in Cambridge at a sports centre, and we got talked to a bit about how to actually pass the flame. You do what what you call the kiss, yeah. where the two torches kiss each other, and the flame gets passed over and then I went on a bus with them had to go all the way to Newmarket and come through the Newmarket torch relay so one person will get dropped off the bus wait there with their torch and then they'll do their run and a different bus picks them up and carries on behind the relay and it was mad when we got to Newmarket we were just really surprised because there were thousands of people lying in the streets which we just weren't expecting really when you actually see it you've seen it on television but when you're on the bus and suddenly all these people are banging on the windows and taking your photo <laughs> it was just wow <laughs> we were a bit freaked out but it was great <laughs> and then we drove to Cambridge and um, same thing happened in Cambridge so I then got dropped off on the stretch of road that I was doing that was something I wasn't really prepared for none of us were because you see so much about the security and it is all very secure there's police everywhere but the security is really for the flame so when I got dropped off of the bus with the torch there was nobody there I was then left on my own in the road for kind of five minutes with my my friends and family were all there on the side of the road with banners taking my photo and that was all fantastic but there was no police or anything for quite some time and eventually a policeman on a bike came up to me and explained what was going to happen and then the three big sponsorship buses came along past me with music and dancers on and they were all shrieking cheers, big cheers for Amy Yates so it felt very strange (laughs) everyone was cheering for me um and then eventually I see the flame coming the runner before me bringing the flame along with policemen escorting either side there's six policemen running either side of you as you run with the torch and there's police on bicycles as well and just in front of you is the media van with tv cameras on the back of it so you're being filmed from directly in front of you so the girl came behind and we high-fived each other and lit my torch and then you pause there the two of you for a moment to have official photos taken and then set off on your run with everyone cheering either side of you it was amazing <laughs> yeah it was a really bizarre experience felt quite unreal <laughs> what distance did you run it's about 400 meters right yeah. Yeah. yeah and then get picked up by another bus when i've lit the next torch and came into cambridge on that bus which was exciting yeah. in itself actually just being on the torchbearer's yeah. bus everyone had a really good 
banter going on and yeah. all the spectators were waving to us and taking our photos on the bus so you felt like a bit of a celebrity even when you were just sitting on the bus mm. so it's quite strange yeah <laughs> what I wasn't prepared for though is when we got back to Cambridge we got um they decommissioned the torches and gave them to us so this is the actual one that I carried mm. and then we well I went on to Parker's Peace to find my family in Cambridge and swamped by people mm. Were um, you carrying that? Yeah. I was carrying the torch yeah, in my works. official tracksuit. And oh, everyone was coming, you know, can my child take their photo with you? And of course, I was like, yes, yes, that's fine, that's lovely. Let your little darling take his photo. And I was all happy for that, but then it just got ridiculous. There were hundreds of people wanting their photo yeah. taken with the torch, and I just wanted to get a drink. <laughs> it really did get a bit ridiculous, um, to the point that a member of the city council security staff I think came up to me and said did I want some help getting off of Parker's Peace <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't prepared for that that was the only bit that I found a bit difficult <laughs> yeah and actually walking home in my uniform carrying the torch when there were quite a few inebriated people around on the streets was a bit hairy <laughs> yeah but overall fantastic experience just unreal amazing I could hear all that from my house could you yeah, yeah. Before you ran, did you say that you you liked running anyway, or was this the whole no, thing? No, not at all. Before I got ill with anorexia, I used to go play tennis a bit and try to keep fit slightly, but I've never been a sporty person at all. When I came out of hospital, I had a GP referral to a council gym to try and mm. A, rebuild my muscles because they'd all wasted away, mm. and B, I had osteoporosis, mm. so on to do weight-bearing exercise to try and strengthen my bones Mm. so when I first went to the gym on the GP referral I could only walk slightly on the treadmill I couldn't run at all every time I tried to run my legs would just give way underneath me because Mm. the muscles were so wasted and then gradually I just built it up and built it up and I gained more weight and now I do go to the gym three times a week and I run Mm. quite away and so do you think you're going to be quite into the running side of I think it certainly inspired me a bit I'm because I was worried about I'd never actually run on the street so I did go out running before I ran with the torch and I want to keep that up mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's a really good way of um, relieving anxiety and stress you know, so when I'm feeling quite tense mm-hmm. it's helped to go out and have a bit of a run our problem is, is we keep running into lampposts <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <Damaging> them. <laughs> um because I mean, for some I don't know why, but for some reason I thought that each person carrying the torch must have an interest in running as well, but presumably not. No, they not at just... all. And I mean, not everybody ran with the torch. Some no. people walked with it. There were people in wheelchairs. We were saying mm. earlier there was a oh yeah, line, was, uh, line bigger with a guide dog. He, wasn't there? he must yeah. have walked. Yeah. He must have walked. With it's a sort of Billy Mitchell has an interesting run. Yeah. Because all my friends were there watching me, I really wanted to run it to kind of in a way yeah. give them something back because they'd all seen me nearly die a few years ago. And mm. it was just amazing for them, I think, to be able to see me that I could run now, whereas I couldn't stand up a few years ago. So. I suppose that's, that's what the carrying of the flame is exactly about that, isn't it? It's the inspiration mm. of somebody getting, you know, sort of um, beating the odds. Um, and that's a, that's a good thing. Mm. Yeah. I think I struggled a bit with the publicity around it because I gave quite a few interviews 
because like I said, I am still struggling with eating disorders. I'm not well, although I'm not anorexic anymore. Did you get sort of asked a lot of questions where you think, well, that's got nothing to do with it? Well, I was quite clear about what kind of interviews I I gave. A lot of media, I think, wanted a story of someone who'd... Mm-hmm. Weighed four and a half stone, being well, anorexic, they and yeah, you know, the Cambridge News wanted a picture of me when I weighed four and a half stone, and I said, no, no, I'm not going for that kind of sensationalist aspect. They wanted the story of going from that to someone who's running and everything's great now, and everything isn't great now. And I think when I was ill, I was far more inspired by talking to people who were quite realistic about the fact that, yeah, I've come this far in my recovery, but I'm still struggling and I've still got this problem and this problem, mm-hmm. rather than these stories of people whose life is totally fine now for me, which seems quite unbelievable when you're really poorly. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to keep it real, basically, yeah. and hopefully inspire people through that. So I, with the media, I, I did have to work quite hard to get the balance. Yeah, I remember true. a beat, which is what used to be the National Eating Disorders Association. That's just in the UK. Mm. And they are the main body that supports sufferers and carers with eating disorders. Um, so I'm a media contact for them and sometimes mm. get involved with research for them. Mm. They're a great organisation supporting... Well, I think at the moment there's 1.6 million sufferers of eating disorders in the UK and beats the main organisation supporting them. Although your eating disorder is an ongoing thing and you know you, you, you can't just switch it off, mm. but do you think that carrying the flame and the experience has helped that problem? I think ultimately it, it, it will do. Um, to be honest, around the time of carrying it, I was very anxious about it and that made my eating a bit worse, mm. ironically. But I think the fact that it gave me something positive to focus on enable me to think even if one person sort of hears my story and goes to their teacher at school and says I'm having problems I'm scared to eat or something like that Mm. then that makes it so worthwhile and I suppose it's enabled me to engage with a well part of myself that wants wants to communicate about what I've been through and Mm. wants, wants to help other people and is capable of doing that and it's very good for my recovery to be engaged with that part of myself rather than just focused on the Amy who's ill Mm. because there is a healthy sensible part to me as well yeah so yeah I think it has helped yeah well, that's yeah good. I know is quite recent but um has it has anyone been in contact with you through the publicity surrounding you running with the torch yes and before I ran with it mm. Cambridge Explorer magazine did mm. an article um and Cambridge News wrote something about it mm. and then I mean the thing that was the most exciting for me was I teach in a school in Cambridge Mm. and I went and opened three of their sports days last week and got a chance to talk to hundreds of children about carrying the torch and about eating disorders which was fantastic Mm. such a good vehicle to actually get my message across to them since the torch I've had the opportunity to come and talk to you guys show you the torch a few other organisations sorry about that yeah I was contacted by Beat actually asking me to maybe consider doing an interview for a magazine, but I haven't confirmed whether or not I'm going to do that yet. Hmm. I mean, I would imagine that um, all the publicity on the papers, on the local news, whatever, there's bound to be a lot of people who just happen to be watching and thought to themselves, hmm. well, that, you know, that lady there is going through what I'm going through, and, you know. I want to survive, she's surviving. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people that you will never hear mm. of will take some inspiration from it, I'm sure. That's what yeah. I hope. And I think my other big hope is that 
something of the stigma of both eating disorders and mental health problems generally mm-hmm. might be reduced through my being quite public about what I've been through. I used to work in mental health services as, as a professional and it does feel like there's a bit of a stigma to becoming mentally ill myself when I used to be a professional person and I really want to overcome that and help other people to see that that's, that's quite acceptable and that these things happen to people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing bad about it. It doesn't make you a bad person. No, well, we're all, so, you know. Yeah, we're all susceptible to illness. Mm, and yeah. Mm, yeah. We shouldn't have to kind of shy away and not talk about it and be embarrassed about it, I think. Mm. I mean, personally, I'd say that that's, that's the best thing that's come out of the flame relay, is that obviously there's thousands of stories there mm. that even if it ends up just locally, wherever the person has run, you know, their story has sort of come out and people uh, have become aware of people's disabilities illnesses stuff like that and that's always a positive thing awareness Mm. is always a good thing and I think that's the bit that people have enjoyed in a way overall people have come out in every single village city and town haven't they and I think they can feel part of it whereas although there are a lot of people that have got tickets there's you know vast majority of the population that hasn't got tickets if instead of real people battling with problems that can affect anyone mm. instead of that they had you know sort of z-list celebrities i don't think people would be impressed by that mm. and it would be very dreary wouldn't it mm. so it's good um, and of course i think the paralympics as well is mm. just hugely popular you know which is really fantastic because it all just goes again towards awareness are you are you uh, Amy? Are you going to the Olympics? No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not quite I mean, I didn't even apply for tickets. So when I um, was nominated to carry the torch, it never even occurred to me that I'd actually do it. Um, it wasn't a reality at all, and I wasn't that interested in sport. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Just one thing: how long before the relay did you actually know that you would? Be? I think the nominations were about a year before, and then it was New Year. I got provisional confirmation that yeah. I've been chosen but they it, you weren't allowed to say anything until they'd gone through all the security checks to check you weren't a terrorist oh, <laughs> and by March they'd established I wasn't a terrorist <laughs> and it was confirmed so you're quite pleased it took them that long <laughs> <laughs> and that peal of raucous laughter brings us to the end of this edition of the Eyeballs podcast just remains for me to remind you that Eyeballs is made possible with support from CAMSite, an organisation providing services for visually impaired people within Cambridgeshire in the United Kingdom. And you can find out more information about CAMSite at www.camsite.org.uk. CAMSite is spelled C-A-M-S-I-G-H-T. You can email eyeballs at the following address, podcast at CAMSite. Dot org dot uk. Those taking part this time were Matt Darking, Warren Wilson, Lynn Hester, Amy Yates and our production assistant Gail Hazel. We will be back very soon with episode number eight. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye.